invite Alan forward for our message today. Uh, dear Lord, we just come before you, Lord. We just give you praise, Lord God. Um, we thank you for um, this message, Lord God, and we just pray over it, Lord God. We pray um, that you would just fill us uh, with your word um, and the desires of your heart, and we give you praise. In your precious name we pray, and be with Alan. Amen. I have a question. just need to check this before we move on. Does anybody have pain in their arm this morning? Before I have to go to the doctor, you do. Okay. I was hoping this is a word of knowledge. I wouldn't have to go to the doctor. Uh, it is painful. Which arm is it? Your left arm. Is it like in your muscles? Okay. Anybody else have pain like that? I mean, it started last night, and it was, it was miserable. Not even Tylenol took care of it. Danny, you, you do too? Anyone else? Let's take care of this so I can preach without the pain. All right, Lord, we thank you that you give us, uh, uh, just give us these uh, uh, words of knowledge that permit us to focus in on what you want to do. And Lord, I thank you that today you want to heal Danny's arm and you want to heal um, Rita's arm. Lord, I bless you for that, for the uh, insight uh, that you gave me. And this morning then I pray in the name of Jesus, Rita. I declare your arm to be healed. I command your arm to be healed completely, that you would not have that pain, that you would be able to function as God created you to function. Danny, I declare that over you as well, to declare healing for your arm. And I, in Jesus' name, I command your arm to be aligned with God's purpose for your life. And anything that's still left from that accident that you had, Danny, that is disrupting, could, uh, has po potential disruption for what God has planned for you, what God has set out for you, what God has ordained for you from the day you were conceived. I declare, I command your body to be aligned with God's purpose for your life, Danny, including the pain in your arm. Be set free from that this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Okay. <laughs> Better than Tylenol. It's true. It's true. If somebody asks you, where is home? What would be your answer? Um, when I was a kid, people would ask me that. Uh, uh, being a missionary's kid, you get asked all kinds of crazy things. And uh, we'd go places, go to churches. And, and because we moved around so much, because we lived... I was growing up in Cuba, would be in, end up in for a couple months in Pennsylvania, and then, well, it was, we moved around a lot. And people knew that, and they would ask, so where is home? And my answer was, well, wherever my mom and dad are. Uh, place wasn't a particularly useful way of describing where home was. A lot of people, when you talk about where home was, or is, they'll say, well, it's at an address, it's in a town, it's in a county, or if you're someplace uh, somewhere other than, than, than here, if you're, you're from here, uh, we go to other countries and, and they ask, well, where, where are you from? Well, the United States. Uh, well, where in the United States? Pennsylvania. Well, where in Pennsylvania? Uh, close to Philadelphia. Oh, no one knows where Philadelphia is, but... but those are, that's a sequence. The further away from home you get, the larger the region you're from. But all of us have some idea of where home is. If you're like me and you moved around a lot and, 
and didn't have those roots, uh, missionary kids, uh, military families, and, and others that have, have uh, that kind of uh, lifestyle end up not knowing a place as home. They think in terms of who they're connected to that is home. All of us have some answer to that, unless you're homeless. And even if you're homeless, uh, I had a friend in New York City years ago that, that was ministering to homeless people. He was actually starting a church, and, and they would decide they're going to meet at a certain time uh, at, above a grate that is above a subway because in the wintertime that was warmer. And so they would meet around a grate where the warmth would come up out of the, uh, the subway, and they would have their Bible studies there. And uh, even, even there, if you would ask them, uh, join them a couple times and, and, and ask them, well, so where are you from? Well, I'm from under that bridge over there. That's a place. Home has so many different ways of, so many different ways to express home. And place is an important part of that definition of where home is. Even when I would say, uh, I'm, home is where, wherever my parents live, I was also very quick and able to say, well, uh, we, you know, I'm from this town, or I live in this place, or place even for those of us who moved around a lot. Place was still important. And God's plan has always focused on place. Place. Uh, I grew up in a generation where... Uh, you know, 60s, uh, hippies, uh, we, we had different values, uh, if you will. Uh, what was important, we, we would take that and turn it upside down and inside out and try to remake everything. And we would try to uh, get rid of place as being important when it comes to what God is doing on this earth. And it's true, God is everywhere. God is in us. You don't have to be in a church to worship God. You, you know, all that's true. Okay, I'll give you that. I mean, I've said it often enough. All my friends believe that, and some of them have come back from the edge, and others haven't. But it's not to take away from the fact that God is everywhere, that God is in us, that those are truths that we have. He dwells in each one of us who believes, but place in the Bible is integral to the relationship between God and His people. And we're going to get into that this morning. There's a sense of purpose when it comes to place in particularly the Hebrew Scriptures. Place is not just a location that needs to be filled somehow. You know, it's not like a house that needs to be filled with furniture, uh, a, a region, uh, the land of uh, milk and honey that needs to be filled with uh, Israelites. It, it's, it's more than filling a location somehow. It's, it's about a purpose. And the purpose, uh, when, when we look in the Hebrew, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, is a location where something belongs. It could be people, it could be worship, it could be prayer, and all those things we find in Scripture as to uh, the purpose of place that God has for uh, the temple, the tabernacle, the uh, uh, gatherings uh, in, in homes and whatever else uh, is 
the place where people get together uh, as God's people. But a place has to do with a location where something belongs. A location that is dedicated to that purpose. Uh, It's not to say that you can't have uh, a place where a nomadic place that works there, nomadic peoples. Uh, the Israelites early on were nomadic peoples. They went, you know, they were in the desert. They uh, 40 years to cross uh, for a two-week trip. I mean, and they made it. But even there, they had a place. They would stop. They would establish a place, the tabernacle. They would talk about tabernacling their way across a desert. Churches often start with borrowed facilities, rented facilities. We're renting. We've been renting for a long time. It doesn't mean that God doesn't have a purpose for the place. It doesn't mean that this is not something that is set aside for the things of God. It doesn't take away from the purpose of the location. However, there's something about a location that is owned and dedicated with a purpose. We go back to the beginning of Genesis, the Garden of Eden. Just go way back. Let's start with the God's original blueprint. The Garden of Eden was a place to prosper and a place to walk with the Lord. We read in Genesis 2.8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. In verse 8 of cha- the next chapter, chapter 3, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he walked was walking in the garden. This was after they had eaten of the forbidden tree in the cool of the day. And as we pull that story apart, we realize that a purpose, a purpose, an important purpose for the Garden of Eden was, yes, for created beings to enjoy life, to prosper, to have uh, the goodness of God at their disposal. But it was also a place where God himself could walk with his created beings, with Adam and Eve, in the cool of the morning. It was just their pattern. They hung out together. That was the purpose for that place. And throughout history, throughout history, it's always been about how to get back to that original blueprint, how to get back to that place where, that that point where, where we can have a place where we walk with God like Adam and Eve did before they fell in the Garden of Eden. There are all kinds of ways that we go about that. Uh, but there's something that, as I look where those, where, where, where that has become uh, more evident that that is happening, there's something about place. Talk about revivals. Every revival is known by a location, Azusa Street, for example, the Wales Revival. And you can name the revivals based on location, region, place, perhaps even a specific location like Azusa Street. It was a building on a street, a purpose, a purpose that God filled. You go to the end of the scriptures and you see the same thing. Our dwelling place for eternity is being prepared. 
It's not like we're just going to go get sucked up into heaven into uh, somewhere and, and, and just be disembodied uh, spirits wandering around. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know if you ever thought about this a lot, but it's not God's plan. We're going to get new bodies. We're going to have a place to live. Jesus himself said, John 14, 2-3, my father's house has many rooms, and uh, occasionally people have dreams with a lot of rooms in them. You know, a lot of rooms, that's a good biblical dream, by the way. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me and that that you also may be where I am. Start in the Garden of Eden. And at the very end, we end up in this place with lots of rooms in relationship with Jesus himself. What was, remember the Garden of Eden? Walking in the cool of the morning with God himself. At the end of time, eternity. Rooms upon rooms, all kinds of places, 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 a place where we will be with Jesus. Very similar pictures. And so then we try to fill in the gaps in between beginning and the end. Um, Abraham. That's a key one in the Old Testament. In fact, that's one that we look back to whether we're uh, Jewish, Jewish believers or Gentiles who believe in Jesus. We look back to Abraham. In fact, other religions also look back to Abraham. But Abraham was one of those incredibly important God-ordained changes in history. And it all came by one promise. See, we read in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, go from your people, Go away from your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and I will be, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And we like that last part and we go back to that over and over and over and sort of skip over that first part. The place I will show you. The place. It wasn't just any place. It was this incredibly wonderful desert land with fierce people who weren't going to like Abraham and his descendants. Okay, Minor detail, but still place. Now, not every place that God ordains and gives to us is free of, uh, uh, of issues. You know that you own, you have homes. Those of you who own them, uh, if you rent, you call the landlord. But if you own the house and you, you know, there's a leak in, in in the roof, you've got to figure out what to do with that leak. And if you own the house, you're not just going to put a bucket under the leak. You're going to do something about it. It's yours. It, you belong there, and because you belong there, you pay attention. You take care of it. You deal with what comes with the fact that that's your house. And so when when, when Abram was taken into this promised land, the fact that it was desert, the fact that the Canaanites were there, the fact of these other obstacles that they've met up with over the generations doesn't take away from the fact that God said, this is the place. This is the place. Let me go back 
from the time Abram arrived there and, and, and looked through history. And we can see that in that area, there have been so many things that God has done because that is a place with a purpose. And the purpose has been for revelation of God himself in ways that impact the world. The place God would show him. It was foundational part of God's blessing to Abraham and his descendants. Go to the book of Acts. You know, if Abram was one of those moments in the Old Testament, uh, Pentecost would have been uh, another one of those moments in the New Testament. And we read in Acts chapter 1, 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. This was before Jesus ascended into heaven. This was before uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room. You know, we, we sort of get the, the chronology of all of that mixed up sometimes. It doesn't quite settle in our brains. But Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, and he says to his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, of my, fa- that f- for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Go to, dis- go to Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. What was he saying? Find a place. It wasn't, he didn't say, just go and wander around in Jerusalem. If that were the case, they would have all found their own places. They were in particular jeopardy, in peril. The uh, religious leaders were looking for them. The Romans were looking for them. Everybody was after them. It was a scary time to be a disciple of Jesus, especially if you saw him just ascend into heaven, and you're like, all right. I'm not good at theology, but this really is weird. That's where they were at. And so they go into Jerusalem, they find a place, we call it the upper room. And it's one of those places that even today, if you go to Jerusalem, you go to Israel, and you get one of those tours, they take you to places that, that could have been the upper room, and there are a couple that, that actually could fit the description. There's one where there's something different about it. It's a good thing. The upper room, a purpose. Read through the Psalms. You can't read through the Psalms without knowing that place is important. They're full of references to places where the glory of God dwells. And, and the purpose of place, usually when it comes to, to uh, scriptures, when it comes to the story of God's people, often has to do with uh, some place where a place where the glory of God, the presence of God, something special from God can be manifested with God's people. It's something about relationship between God and His people and place that always combines for the outcome of what the story was all about. And the psalmist, uh, just picked a couple here, Psalm uh, 26.8, Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. Uh, Psalm 84.1, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. The great story of the people of Israel being set free from Egypt, coming out of slavery, going across uh, the Red Sea. And the song of Moses after crossing the Red Sea. Now, I don't know how much Moses understood what was coming. He could see in the future he was never going to cross into the promised land because of certain issues. 
It was going to take them 40 years to get across that small desert. But at any rate, Moses sings, and Miriam also sings in this chapter, in chapter Exodus 15. And Moses has this song that includes the promise of God's holy dwelling. Exodus 15, 13 and 14. In your unfailing love, Moses sang, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. Then 14, interesting. The nations will hear and tremble. And from here on out, we begin to see uh, not only from, from Abraham, the promise about a great nation and, and the impact on the nations, but we see now Moses making this, this uh, promise about how this place, this holy dwelling place, will impact the nations. And it's a theme that gains steam throughout the rest of the Old Testament and into the New Testament. There's something that's tied into it. When it comes to place and purpose for place, it's a relationship, God, His people, the place. And out of that combination, there's a purpose not just to bless those who are part of it, but there's a purpose to bless the nations. And you can just, just, uh, just keep that as a grid and read through scriptures and you'll see how often that just cycles back and cycles back and cycles back. And it's like it's increasing as we go through the Old Testament into the New Testament. Moses, after he finished up the details of the tabernacle, this wasn't the temple. It wasn't permanent. It was just a big, 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 big uh, movable structure. Uh, and you start reading the dimensions and the weights and all of that. It wasn't something you put up, uh, you, you go camping with. You don't just put it in, a, in your backpack and go out in the backyard. I mean, this was something that would take a lot of work to take down, to move, to set up again. But it was movable. It wasn't permanent. But he finishes up the details of the tabernacle, that place. It's like, like many churches when they start. They rent uh, a hall. They went, rent uh, different places. I've uh, been part of churches that, that when they started, rented uh, uh, like, uh, uh, um, what do you call them, uh, where you go to drink. I was hoping nobody would know what that was, a bar. My wife is the one that came up with that. <laughs> Yeah, they'd meet, they'd meet in a bar. First thing they'd do when they get together wasn't pray. They'd you know clean out the place and and uh, try to get it orderly. Uh, and a lot of those churches did okay. There was one that chose to meet in a, a, a funeral home uh, in a morgue, and and that that struggled. But uh, it was still a place. But the purpose wasn't aligned with what they were trying to do. And sometimes that alignment is also important. Uh, we've learned. At any rate. Moses finishes up the details of the tabernacle. And we read that the glory of the Lord filled the place. It's, it's a phrase. Just go, go through scriptures and, and, and pull out, do, do, do a search for that phrase. And it's one that's interesting to read and see where it pops up. The glory of the Lord filled the place. Second Chronicles 5.14. Uh, they finally get done with this tabernacle. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud of... For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. It wasn't anything special that they did. They just built the place. And God filled it. At the dedication of the temple, we see that again. The glory of the Lord filling the place. Second Chronicles 7, 1-3. 
when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement and their faces to the ground. And they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good, His love endures forever. Same thing happened in the New Testament. In the New Testament, they didn't have church buildings. They didn't have tabernacles and temples. They met in homes. And, 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 and we see this uh, very soon after Pentecost. Peter and John get arrested. They, they're interrogated uh, terribly. A group of people who believe in Jesus get together in a home, and they begin to pray for them. And Peter and John are released, and they went to that house where their friends were praying, Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, they, they got there and they, they, they told them what had happened, how they were released, and, and the conversations, interrogation, and, and, and went into some detail about what had happened. And after they gave their report, they all began to pray. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again. Seems like it happens over and over and over in these places. People seem to keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit again and, and again and again and again. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. That's often part of this. Years ago when Rebecca and I came to this region, uh, we were in transition. And, and, and there was some thought about coming into this area. And we came, uh, drove around a little bit. And uh, there were two things that the Lord gave us at that time. The Lord called us here with two, with two purposes, two assignments, transformation in this region and the nations. Now, I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again. You look around here, and this is not a place where you're going to find a lot of nations. It's just it's not. Uh, you know, it's, it's, this is uh, fairly homogenous. But the Lord said, He's calling us here for the nations. Well, God knows what He's doing. I felt a little bit like Abram when, Abram when he was called uh, to uh, the promised land. I call you to a place. You do not know what that place is like, but it's a place of you know, promise. And here's what I'm promising you, Abraham. And he gets there and he finds Canaanites in desert. Well, what we see and what God's purpose is for a place are often two different things. And over the years we've seen uh, transformation in this region beginning to happen and there's more coming and we've seen the connections to the nations and we've seen how the nations have gravitated to this church the folks we're connected to around the, the globe when they come into uh, this uh, uh, into our state they want to come to this church go figure the other churches, bigger churches but they want to come here because there's something here that God has birthed, that God has promised. It's God's purpose and has been God's purpose for this place, even if it's not owned at this point for, by us. But those are the two assignments we had. And so we, we came into this region with those two assignments. And, and the place here has been good, but it's not ours. It's a, been a place of a lot of spiritual warfare. Yes, we have experienced the glory of God, but we have spent more time in spiritual warfare than we have basking in the glory of God. Let's be honest. 
And God wants us in a place where we bask in the glory of God on a regular basis, where that is what the place, the purpose for that place is. As long as we're here, it's a place, it's a high place. It's a place that strategically in the spiritual realm is a place where, where we're uh, pitching battle. It's just the reality of this location. Tuesday mornings, there's a, a group of uh, pastors and church leaders that get together to, to pray. I've been doing this for 15 years, maybe more. And in that group, there has been been several prophetic words and dreams and pictures. And this goes back even beyond before this group began to meet. And I've shared this one before that Gene, Pastor Gene Weaver had 40 years ago about an outpouring in this region where the Spirit of God would be poured out, people would be healed, and it wouldn't be in a church, it would be in churches. It'd be something that God would release across the region, and, and we're believing that's going to happen, but there's another prophetic word that has been shared in that group, and I've heard it other places as well. It's a prophetic promise for us as a church. It's a prophetic act that we will be taking part in for part of, as, as part of that release of the Spirit of God through this region. And here's the, here's the prophetic word. When Good Shepherd enters its own place, there will be a breakthrough in this region. Why do you think it has been so incredibly difficult? Some would say impossible for us to find a place of our own. The day we do. The day we go into that place, and the pastors that we meet with, they're looking forward to that day. They will go into that place with us. That's, you just can't wait to see that happen. They're, they're like waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. The day we enter that place, something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. I don't have the prophetic revelation about what that is, but I do know that, that from that moment on, everything changes in this region. We have invested in churches in other nations. Last week I told you that you know, if you have a question about how much money we have uh, for uh, in our building account, actually we have more now than we used to. Uh, what we used to have, we gave it all away to other churches in other countries. If we can't build something, if we can't buy something, well, we'll bless somebody else and God provides and we can be provisioned for others. But we have invested in churches in other nations and remember the tie between purpose and place, God and his people, and the focus on the nations that goes with that or should go with that, at least in the Bible it goes with it. We have that tie-in, and not only are we investing in other nations this way, but the apostolic leaders of networks in other countries, the pastors in those networks, when they meet together, they pray for a good shepherd to get a building. Just, just let that sink in. Their prayer meetings in Mexico, in Kenya, in India, and other places, for us to get a building. 
What do you think has been so hard? The moment we enter in, something's going to break. Haggai prophesied. Chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, 7 to 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says. And I believe it is a now word for us, even as it was a word for that Haggai was releasing during his ministry days. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. I believe that's coming. The glory of God is going to be poured out around the globe just like COVID covered the, the globe. The glory of God is going to be the same. Just hang in, hang in there. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. This is going to happen. And it's not going to be a, a long wait for this one. I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory. And it won't just be this house. It's going to be Harvest Fellowship. It's going to be Reamstown Church of God. It's going to be other churches in this region. It's going to be churches in our network. It's going to be churches in the networks that we partner with around the world. It's going to be churches that we, if we would sit down and, and, and logically think about where we align theologically, we'd say we have nothing in common. This isn't just for us. It's going to be for the globe. It's going to be for the people of God. It's going to be something that covers the, the world just as COVID did. COVID was a preparation for us. COVID was a preparation for us. It gives us the idea, the picture of what that will be like when it happens. When the glory of God covers the whole world, it'll be like COVID all over again, except in a good way. It'll be in the news all the time. There'll be all kinds of, everybody's going to have, have, have a theories about what's going on. It's going to be, everybody's going to be talking about it. It's going to cause people to change their lifestyles. It's, it's the other side of COVID. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. And last week I said there was a, you know, we, we, we set a goal for raising some money for, for a place. And we said 500,000. Where'd that number come from? Prophetic words. I mean, you know, this is, this is not your by the book uh, capital campaign. Uh, uh, if, 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 somebody, if somebody wants me to help them with their capital campaign, this is what I got. Let's wait on the Lord. Let's get, see what the prophets say, and let's go with it. Um, uh, that's, that's where we're at. That's where the number came from. Because the silver is mine. The gold is mine. If the Lord says that much, bless him. Let's go. You know, it's his. And if he wants to transfer that into our account so we can purchase something, yeah, I'm all for it. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. What is coming will be so much more than anything we have experienced here in this place. And it's been good. It's been good. People have been healed. Miraculous healings. People have been set free through deliverance of stuff that, that, uh, they've, been, that they've wrestled with for decades. 
People have stepped up and are serving the Lord not only here but in other places in ways that they never dreamed they could. It's been a good place. But basically what Haggai is saying is you ain't seen nothing yet. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace declares the Lord Almighty. Jesus said, my house, quoting Isaiah, will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Again, that tie back in. And there's a purpose that God has for us to have another place. Yeah, we need more space. That'd be nice. Yes, we you know, could give you all of the natural things. I talked to a real estate agent last week, commercial real estate agent, and, sat, and just said, you know, here's, here's what we're looking for, and here are the parameters. And you've got to do that. I can describe it that way. And we have to be able to describe it that way so that we can make a deal and we can find you know, what's available and, and, and have people help us look. But the purpose is going to be very simple. A place that when we enter in, it will break things loose in this region. It will be a place that will house the glory of God. A place where people can come and experience that. It will spill over to other places. So it's not just, I'm not just talking about ours. It's gonna, this is going to release it beyond us. And it's going to be a place that has an impact in the nation. We've had an impact in the nations, but what's common is so much more than we've seen so far. As we walk with network leaders in other countries, you know, we're, we're not, we're not a, a group, we're not a church or a network that uh, makes a lot of money available for ministries in other countries. We help as needed. We, we make investments, investments that will uh, assist networks and churches to reach their God-given potential. But the thing that we keep hearing back, and this is, this, is, this is the roots that we have here, this is something, this is why they want to come here, be here on a Sunday morning. Is there's something different since we began to walk with you all. I keep waiting to hear. You know, others have promised. I mean, some some of these networks get promises, amazing promises that we'll help you with this and we'll do this for you and that kind of stuff. So we begin walking with you, and I'm you know I'm not cringing at that anymore like I did at first, waiting for the shoe to drop. Something has happened that since we began walking together. God has increased. God has multiplied. God has blessed. You know the bubble that we've been under? Here as a church, they've also experienced that. And they say, that's what we want. There's more of that coming. There's more of that coming. So we'll see what God will do. This is on God.
I've laid my expectations down. Years ago, I would have had all kinds of specifications to give God about what we wanted. I'm just laying that down. It's a place. It's a place. It's a place that when we enter, we'll make cause things to break in this region. It's a place where the glory of God will fall in and, and, and where the Spirit of God will have a habitation. It's a place where the nations will be welcomed and be blessed because of it. So we'll see what God will do. As a church, the temptation is to move into capital campaign kind of thing. We're not doing that. The Lord is giving us a promise. The Lord has given us prophetic words. The Lord is the one who's gone before us. The Lord is the one who will provide this. And so we are leaning on that. However, as a step of faith, uh, just like we gave to others generously for their places, I mean, that's a step of faith. You take the money out of the building fund and, and give it to somebody else's building. And say, yeah, we believe. And pray for us to get a building because now we have less money. See, that, that, this, is, this is all counterintuitive. But this is how God has worked with us in the past. And he will do so again. And he will keep doing it here because God has established something among us that is unique. It works. It's hard to describe how, but it works. And so the other step of faith now is to gather financial resources to be used for our own place. And the prophetic word was 500,000. And honestly, with what we have and other resources, we probably puts us comfortably in a place where we can get something. Uh, just saying. I mean, I still, I'm the math guy, you know, so uh, I do the numbers. I run the numbers. I can't help myself. Um, but this will be a God thing, His place. We've looked for years. This real estate agent asked, have you seen any places that you think would work? I said, <laughs> we've seen every place and none of them do. That's why we're talking to you. We need new eyes. We need somebody that, that, that can help us see what we haven't, you know, uh, help us see what God is putting out there for us because uh, we're, not, we're not getting it. It's a God thing. Like I said last week, it's not a capital campaign. Don't expect brochures. There's no pressure, no pledges, no commitments, no motivational meetings, no extended process for years, no big waiting game until the end where we may have the big unveil of how much was received. Uh, we're going to give updates. We're going to track what God is doing. If God is in it, let's, 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 let's pay attention to what he's doing. Either he's in it or he's not. And so we will keep uh, uh, inviting God to do his thing. So we can have his place for his people. For a very specific purpose related to that prophetic act. One day. One day soon. We'll be able to walk into that place. And it'll break stuff in this region that we have been fighting against for a long time. 
It's not just going to break stuff in this region that we have invested in. But it's going to go beyond. The region is extending. What God is showing us is, is, is a larger region than we have conceptualized before. And we're already seeing how God has led us. The prophetic acts have broken through some of the barriers, obstacles that we've had in spreading beyond this small region that we have focused on. And we just see it, and it's like, wow. And here's a really cool thing. The churches that are part of that Tuesday morning prayer time, every time we do a prophetic act, and we see God break through, and we get together, and we ask each other, so what's happening with that? You know, the same blessings that we get here, they're getting in the other churches too. We're in this together. And that's why it gives me more confidence to declare this prophetic word that came through that group the day we enter into our own facility. There'll be breakthrough in this region like we've been praying for and never imagined. that's it. Place is important. This place has been awesome. I told Rebecca I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss this place because so much has happened in here along the way. But this is what we have seen is but a shadow of what is coming. Not just for us as a church but for us as a region. When we take that place, when we enter in, when we follow up with that prophetic act, and we do our part. Now, God's part is the big one, providing the place. Those of you who have been with us on our searches along the way know that we've walked into about every place that there is that has even half the amount of square footage that we would need. We walked in places, we prayed for places, we've anointed places with oil, we've put in stakes, we've, uh, you know, it's like we've done all we've known to do. And we're at this point now. And my sense is it's time. It's time. It's time. Not because we're so good at finding a place, we know we're not. Not because we're so wealthy that we can afford anything we want. We can't. But because God. That's it. Because God. And so this morning, as the worship team comes up, I'm going to pray a blessing over this process. Not that it takes a lot on our end. It's God. We'll just bless God as he works. Lord, we thank you. Thank you so much, Lord. For this place that we've been in and for the time that we still have left here. For having shown us along the way what this means to be in this spot, the high, a high place in this town. The perspective that's given us as we have engaged in 
spiritual warfare. Lord, we thank you that you have gone before us. You have fought the battle for us. That every time that we have engaged in spiritual warfare, you have gained the victory. And Lord, as we look around this region, we just bless you. We bless you. We bless you for the changes. But Lord, we want more. We want more, Lord. We want more. And so I pray, Lord, that as I release again this prophetic word, and I think it's the first time I've released it here at Good Shepherd, because it hasn't been time until today. But as I release that prophetic word that is owned by pastors and leaders in this region, that when Good Shepherd enters its own place, breakthrough will be released. Lord, as I release that, I release it in your name. And I declare it not just for our good, for our benefit. <laughs> It'll be nice, Lord. It will be nice. But I declare that for the benefit of this region, for your purposes in this region, for your blessing for other churches along with us. Lord, you've given us such a blessing during this past year. See the blessings that God has given us during COVID. And I want to tell you something. Every time I stick my head out from under this bubble that we're in at Good Shepherd and I see what's going on out there, it's like it's a different world. But the way that God has blessed us, the way that God has blessed our church, <coughs> excuse me, it's not just Good Shepherd, it's the other churches that have been praying together. We're experiencing the same thing. It's an outpouring of blessing that, that we haven't experienced before. And so, Lord, we thank you for that bubble that you've placed over us and the call that you're giving us together with this called for a place to extend the bubble as well. And we thank you, Lord, that in your wisdom, it seemed right and good to establish something in Reamstown. I would bless the nations. And here's what I know. If God can do that, He can pretty much do anything. Because out of this church we're sending, people have gone to the nations, we're raising up a generation of, of, of youth and children that are going to be sent to the nations, have a call to go to the nations. God is bringing people in that have a sense of a desire to invest in the nations and do it in a way that not only is uh, uh, generous, but ways that are, are effective and, and make a difference and cause the kingdom of God to grow. Reamstown, Pennsylvania. Amazing. You look at the demographics cultural background in this region you look at demographics of the resources that are 
families have in this region. And it's like, in the natural, it won't happen. But it has. And what Haggai says, Haggai says, keep going back to that one. You ain't seen nothing yet. Let's stand up.
We're going to continue to worship up here, but if you need to go, feel free to be dismissed.